For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I have a new hero or heroine. Didn't you have a hero yesterday, too? Uh, or was that the update before? Help me. What, what would it have been? You had... Uh, Oh, what was it? I don't know. I'm sorry. I have a new one now, though. Her name is Amber Pabon, P-A-B-O-N. I've been saying all along uh, that to push back against the craziness of the left is really going to require the participation of black parents. And the the rallying cry has to be, quit doing us a favor. Yes, exactly. It's not helping. You're disingenuous. You're condescending. You're demeaning. Quit doing us a favor. The left has to be told, but black moms and dads have to do that. Right. It doesn't mean anything coming from me. So I, I have a new hero in this woman. She's a black mother who's upset that her second grader was sent home with a white privilege worksheet. You're joking. And she's outraged and she speaks. The language of garage logic. She, she's doing exactly what she must do. She's pushing back and she's essentially saying, don't do me these favors. They're not favors. Did you say second grader? A black parent is unhappy that a handout on white privilege came home last month with her second grade son's school folder. When Amber Pabone's eight-year-old son came home one day last month from Hunter Magnet Elementary in Raleigh, North Carolina, a two-sided piece of paper in the second grader's folder got mom upset. The handout was about white privilege, according to WTVD-TV. My son came home and asked me, Mom, are white people better than me? She said to the station, he's eight years old. What does he need to know about racism or white privilege? Pabone uh, noted to WTVD that her son is not looking at the color of your skin. He's not looking at your hair, your eye color, what you're wearing. No, he wants to play with you because that's what kids do. They play with each other. The sheet is called Step 3, Begin to Understand the Concept of White Privilege, adding that Pabone said she didn't receive any previous steps or forms about this topic. The handout also notes that it's part of an initiative from the school's PTA advocacy team focusing on generating awareness and empathy to create a safe and equitable Hunter School community. B as in B, S as in S. Stop doing me a favor. Pabone alleged the subject matter was taught in the classroom, the station reported, adding that a district spokesperson said the information isn't part of the school's curriculum. I think the message itself is inappropriate because, yes, yes, there is racism out there and they need to learn about it. But let the parents do that, Pabone told the television station. Because, like I said, if she's teaching him the way she knows, it could be completely different from the way I know. And me being part of the black community, I know different from how the white community sees it. Numerous PTA members told the station off camera that the content is aimed at parents and that the steps are sent home weekly and emailed and posted to the PTA's Facebook page. Parents have the choice to opt out of receiving the messages on the subject, adding that Pabon has done so. 
The program began in February to coincide with Black History Month, the station reported, adding that the PTA said it's received overwhelmingly positive feedback. Uh, Not for me, you haven't. Uh, Step three, begin to understand the concept of white privilege. And there's a list here. I'm going to try to read it. Congress, 90% white. Governors, 90% white. Top military advisors, white. President and vice president, white. Well, they just weren't. The president just wasn't white. Uh, People who decide which TV shows we see are white. People who decide which books we read are white. People who decide which... uh, I can't read the uh, people who decide which music is produced are white. Teachers are white. Full-time college professors are white. Owners of men's pro football teams are white. What what the hell is this? What, what is this? What what the hell does this woman care? She said, "My my kid doesn't need this BS." Do you think he when, just wants to play with the other kids? When, what is this crap? When the teacher whoever came up with this list, and it was met with, "Oh, this is." Do, do you hope and pray? That someone in that room said, what, what, why are we doing this? Oh, yeah, but... Uh, or you know, can you not win if you're that teacher? You know, I heard uh, O'Reilly on a different station the other day. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I thought he had a great point. I'm going to paraphrase what he was saying. He believes, and he doesn't know that he's talking about the mystery. It, we have coined the term mystery and other guys in the business call it something else, but really what it all is is the mystery. And the mystery is an attempt to bring about a country that is not the United States. That's the mystery. Mm -hmm. And Riley's uh, contention is, and I've always been reluctant to go there, but I can, I can see how it could be uh, understood that way. What's really under attack, under attack by Mysterians in many cases is just the virtue of being white. Yes. Whiteness is under attack. Now, that's a difficult, uh, I don't personally claim that uh, for myself because I'm, that can become a tawdry position to take, you know. But when O'Reilly and other people point that out, they don't mean it in the woe is me way. That, you know, Riley's not under, his whiteness is not under assault, he, and, and nor is mine or anybody else's. What he's talking about is that the construction of America, which happened to have involved a lot of white people, is under attack. Mm-hmm. It's completely under attack. And the more the schools and, and the more the failed academy, they, they're really, really working hard to drill this into the kids. Now we're learning right down to the second grade level. Second grade. Right down to the second grade level that, that whites are innately privileged by virtue of being white, which isn't necessarily true. That cannot be empirically proven. But it's being, they're being brainwashed. Uh, the, the failed academy at the college level is thoroughly on board with going after whiteness, whether it's called cultural appropriation or, or what have you. It's it's whiteness that's under attack by the left in many cases. And I'd love to hear from the teacher. And but, I don't want to hear from black yeah. callers who say, who are you kidding? You've got to understand me. I'm not saying I feel, for example, personally uh, threatened or anything. It's the concept of the country, mm-hmm. which happened to have involved some white people, that's under attack. And it's modern manifestation as things like these white privilege movements and cultural appropriation and and uh, power washing and getting rid of history and sanctuary cities. And the, the list goes on and on and on, where basically what the Mysterians are saying, the hell with you. 
the hell with you. You're not a person of color, therefore you are of a lesser magnitude. I guess that's my speech for today. I just want to know. It's going to be this good today. You were pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I, I just want to know the teacher that came up with this particular list. Well, they're, you they're saying to- it's the PTA, a Parent Teachers Association, and they're they're probably a bunch of middle class white people who think they're being virtuous. But that's what I'm. What what are you hoping to gain by by drilling this into the head of a second grader? And it's only the black mothers and fathers who have can do it. Like I, I'm sure that Amber Pabone has had uh, difficulties in her life by virtue of being black, right? Sure, but. She's a mom now, and she said, leave my kid alone, you proselytizers. You're a bunch of morons telling a little second grader to start getting this crap in his head. It's just, it's just pathetic. It's just absolutely pathetic. So there, I, I, didn't, I didn't know it was going to be that good today. Something I don't understand. Talk to me. What's up? Who's line one? Oh, Pete. Pete. Yeah, it's Pete the Mailman, Joe. I've got a ray of hope for you. All right. The, did you see the guy that uh, the black man in uh, Greensboro, South Carolina, or North Carolina, I believe it would be? He was at a uh, town city hall meeting. Just a minute. I'm sorry, Pete. I'm trying to find the ray of hope thing. Yeah, oh. go ahead. Well, he was at a city hall meeting. They were trying to limit his gun use, and he was just basically ripping on him, saying, all you lefties that are trying to steal my guns, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And he also was saying that if they take his gun, then basically it's only going to be the Crips and Bloods that have the guns and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's like a 35-second thing I heard on another radio station this morning. I'm going to give you the ray of hope. Here's today's ray of hope. Thank you. Just so you know, it's still playing. What is what, what do I press? No, don't, what don't, do I hit? don't touch anything. I'm going to hit something. Just let her, let her, let it. her buck. I'm going to hit it. Oh, no, don't. I'm going to do it. Oh, that doesn't work. That's still going. <laughs> do you recall uh, Nuza Hassan, who tried to kill everybody at St. Kate's in January? Sure. yep. Uh, I'm not being facetious. She tried. She wanted to kill as many people. She yes. admitted it. Yes, she did. Including children in a daycare mm-hmm. center. Well, uh, the authorities are now wrestling with whether to keep her locked up or not, or let her uh, go home and and await her uh, trial at home. You're you're joking. She tried to kill kids. You can't let this woman free. Uh, attorneys for a 19-year-old Twin Cities woman accused of arson at St. Catharines University and trying to join Al-Qaeda are asking a federal magistrate judge to reconsider returning her to family as she awaits trial on terrorism and arson charges. No. In February, U.S. Magistrate Judge Stephen Rao denied the request to release her. Good for him. Denied the request to release Tanuza Jamal Hassan under conditions that include house arrest and electronic monitoring, but he left open the possibility of reversing course pending more information. Hassan has been in custody since her January arrest after allegedly setting a series of fires. It's not alleged. She said she did she it. She did it. Yeah, crummy. Careful. Hassan has been in custody since her January arrest after allegedly setting a series of fires on the St. Paul campus of St. Kate. She acts she described as jihad, carried out a year after she was turned away from Dubai while trying to join Al-Qaeda in Afghanistan. In reaching his decision to order her detained, 
Rao openly wrestled with whether keeping Hassan confined at Sherburne County Jail would deepen her self-radicalization process. Though he described it as a question that weighs on my mind, Rao said he did not have sufficient information about Hassan's relatives or proposed living arrangements to determine whether home confinement or GPS monitoring would be appropriate as she awaits trial. Well, I guess her attorneys ran out of the courtroom and started trying to dig up a reason to go back to Judge Rao and say, well, here, we'll tell you some more why we think she should be able to go home. On Thursday, attorneys Robert uh, Sicoli and Joshua Johnson asked Judge Rao to now reconsider his order based on new statements from Hassan's mother and older sister, and after a U.S. probation office visit to her family's Brooklyn Park home failed to turn up anything problematic. No. Sorry. In light of the new information provided to the court, the release conditions proposed by defendant, in addition to any other conditions the court deems reasonable, would reasonably assure the defendant's appearance in court and protect the public from any damage from defendant, Scioli and Johnson wrote. Hassan's attorneys propose that she be monitored at her family's Brooklyn Park home and that the probation... Got to hear this. Let me find it here. I got it here. Uh, and that the probation office approve furloughs for her mother or sister to bring her to attorney's offices for scheduled meetings. Scioli and Johnson also proposed that Hassan be prohibited from accessing the Internet in any manner. Oh, sure. Yeah, why not? The attorney sought to bolster their request with a pair of affidavits from Hassan's mother and older sister that described long, close ties to Hassan and a willingness to closely watch her if she... She flew to Dubai, Mom, to join Al-Qaeda. But, no, I'll, I'll take care of it. Uh, close ties, my ass. You had no close ties. None. This fruitcake went to Dubai and tried to join Al-Qaeda. Uh, they say, well, we're, we'll watch her. According to the affidavits, Hassan's mother came to the U.S. as a refugee in 92 and is now a fully naturalized citizen. Last year, the mother left a health care job of nearly 18 years after suffering a stroke, but she's doing okay now and is able to supervise Hassan full-time. Sure. Sure. Hassan's mother stated she has always been a good relationship with Nuza, and she speaks with her almost every day on the telephone. What's that mean, the sister or the mom? Hassan's 25-year-old sister, a U.S. citizen who's lived here her entire life, said she also has always been very close to her sister and does not believe that Tanuza would be a threat to public safety if she were released to home confinement. She tried to burn a daycare center! You wonder, too, um, so what, what would it take then for you to be like, you know what, your rules that you have in place are probably good. Well, now. I think this Judge Rao is, uh, he's not... He's not caving in yet. He's just saying, well, you know, back in Feb, he said, I don't have any information to provide me uh, uh, the belief that she should be allowed to go home. You'll have to bring me something. Well, this is what they come back with. So that it's not, Raul might not necessarily, he might just say to them, you didn't bring me enough no, this isn't gonna to work, turn sure. me around. This isn't enough. 
Thursday's request came amid a series of pretrial motions filed by Hassan's attorneys. It also included a motion to continue her May 21 trial date to no earlier than July 23rd on the grounds that this is a complicated case in which the government to date has provided defense counsel with thousands of pages of discovery in electronic format and is continuing to provide defense counsel with more discovery from search warrants of electronic devices. That almost sounds to me like they're saying... She'd been in touch with so many terrorists that they just keep feeding us information. Oh. A federal judge, I'm sorry, a federal grand jury earlier this year indicted Hassan on charges including attempting to provide support to Al-Qaeda, lying to FBI agents, and arson. Rao has yet to rule on Thursday's motions and prosecutions, and prosecutors have not yet filed responses. See, Rao hasn't made up his mind yet. At Hassan's Feb 12 detention hearing, prosecutors offered evidence that Hassan told investigators that she sought to harm people when she set a string of fires at her former college. Yes, she did. Yes. She was boasting about it. Assistant U.S. Attorney Andrew Winter argued that because she allegedly made an independent choice to try to join Al-Qaeda and later made statements about her intentions behind the St. Catherine University fires, Hassan has done absolutely nothing to suggest she would or could follow any conditions of release and has become more strident as time goes by. I'm, I'm betting that uh, the cooler heads will prevail. I, I bet Raul will not, uh, will not buy this B.S., all he has to do is look at her defense and say, hey, she tried to burn up some kids. See you later. Mm-hmm. She ain't going anywhere. The problem is. What do I know? Okay, but what the problem is he says that. All right, follow me here. He says that. Yeah. What's to stop her lawyers then from going to find another reason? And well, coming back with further evidence of why, why she should be released. Well, I don't know what Because you know that's the next step well, no, if he they've rejects already, this. They've already brought to, to Rao's desk their best stuff. Hey, her mom and her sister are ready, ready to watch They're her. They're going to watch her. Yeah. She just had a stroke, but she's going to keep an eye Mom's on her. Mom's getting around okay now. Wow. B as in B, S as in S. We're going to be back in just a moment. And I'm going to quit ranting. Now, thanks to our great friends in uh, Owatonna, Minnesota, at Federated Insurance, where it's their business to protect your business. Here's Bruce Vale from the Wall Street Journal with another disappointing Wall Street report. Yeah, well, you may want to start ranting again after this one. We are seeing big losses today. After the gains of the last three days, the market was poised to have a winning week, but that went away quickly this morning. And here's why. China quickly responded to President Trump's announcement late last night that he was considering more penalties on more Chinese goods. A spokesman for China's Commerce Ministry said China is fully prepared to hit back forcefully and without hesitation. And that has led to more trade concerns on Wall Street and has sent stocks sharply lower. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is down 668 points. The Nasdaq Composite off 167. And the S&P 500 is down 65 points. So it looks at this point like we'll have a losing week. Job growth slowed quite a bit last month from February's strong pace. The Labor Department said employers added just 103,000 jobs last month. That was the smallest gain in six months. It followed a gain of more than 300,000 jobs in February, but economists said the gain was consistent with expectations nearly a decade into the expansion. The unemployment rate stood at 4.1% for a sixth straight month. 
I'm Bruce Vail with your money now on 1500 ESPN. Thanks, Bruce. We'll check in again with you in an hour. GLers, tomorrow is the day. The fifth annual Minnesota Brewers Ball returns to International Market Square in Minneapolis, 7 to 10 p.m. tomorrow night with VIP reception starting at 6 o'clock. You can hang out with me and all of the money raised benefits the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. You can sample from more than 30 different breweries, wineries, and distilleries. Food will be there. There's going to be a silent auction and live. Commencing garage number eight. How's it going over there today? <laughs> God bless it. The best is when you hit a uh, a song or in last segment's case, the I made theme. Some mistakes, you know, they, uh, it goes on for four or five minutes. Computer screen sometimes <laughs> confounds. <laughs> Here's John Height in the newsroom. Thanks, Joe. Sunny and 20 degrees. This update brought to you by the Duluth Trading Company. Visit Duluth Trading Company stores in Fridley, Bloomington, Woodbury, and downtown Duluth. Twins are off today. They'll be back at it tomorrow afternoon against Seattle. 105 game. Twins 4-2 and two at the moment on the season. Wolves lose to the Nuggets last night. Those two teams now tied for the last playoff spot in the Western Conference. Three games left. Last game of the season. Denver's in town Wednesday to play a game at the Target Center. Meanwhile, the Wolves will play the Lakers tonight out on the West Coast. I know this is the Minnesota sports fan in me. I really hope they miss the playoffs. <laughs> I think that'd be fun. It's so us. Who do we got in the frozen final two? Uh, UMD, UMD won the Notre first Dame, game. Huh? Yep, that was my next story. Oh, hey, good. what happened, John? Good. good. <laughs> no, they deserve some pub here. Uh, Minnesota Duluth uh, scored early, and they held off Ohio State 2-1 to one to reach the NCAA championship game for the second straight year. They will face Notre Dame Saturday night. What do we have for crowds? I forgot to look. Act. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, Duluth last year lost to Denver 3-2 to in the title game in Chicago. Holy cow, you weren't kidding. We had 18,000 for the mm-hmm. Michigan-Notre Dame game. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. When is the title game? Tomorrow night? Saturday. Tomorrow night, yeah. yep. Uh, the Masters tournament, uh, Patrick Reed is now at 6-under. He's through 3 today. Uh, Mark Leishman at 5-under. He's through 5. Rory McIlroy sneaking in there. He's at 4-under through 14 today. Uh, Tiger, he's lost, uh, what, two more strokes now? Yeah, he's going the wrong way, John. Yeah, That's what we say. He's going the wrong he's way. He's going the wrong way. He's at 4-over through 5 holes yep. uh, today. You New- know who doesn't like that? Hmm. Jim Marshall. No, Jim doesn't like to go the wrong way. (laughs) No, when you say that, uh, he's uh, not a fan. News notes from today. The 21-year-old man found guilty of fleeing the scene of a crash in northeast Minneapolis that killed his 20-year-old girlfriend was sentenced to prison yesterday. Michael Lawrence Campbell sentenced to just over four years in connection to the crash that killed St. Thomas student Rhea Patel. Campbell was found guilty in March on two counts of criminal vehicular homicide. When handing down the maximum sentence allowed under state sentencing guidelines, the judge cited Campbell's criminal history and his lack of remorse and acceptance of responsibility as reasons for his decision. The complaint said police were dispatched to the scene at Stinson Boulevard Northeast and Ridgeway Parkway about 3.51 in the morning on September 17th. They got there, they found a red Ford Focus facing the northbound lane of Stinson near the exit ramp to westbound Interstate 35W. Officers found Patel alone and motionless in the passenger seat. She was pronounced dead at the scene. The complaint said a witness saw Campbell exit the car and flee. Witness said he later came back to the car, began digging for something in the driver's seat. Oh, my God. Witness said Campbell instructed her to call 911, which she had already done. done. And the complaint said Campbell fled again on foot. The complaint goes on to state. Officers discovered a wallet at the scene containing Campbell's driver's license. 
They went to his home where they reported meeting with a number of parties. Those parties confirmed Campbell lived there, said they had seen Campbell and Patel sometime before 2 a.m. One of the people at the residence reportedly told officers Campbell had been, quote, super drunk. He was located and arrested in Wright County, September 19th. An outside investigator has found that the information technology official who's overseeing Minnesota's troubled vehicle licensing system yeah. was aware of numerous issues but failed to address them. Hmm. An investigation by Everett and a Vanderweel law firm found that Paul Meekin didn't fulfill expectations related to pre-launch testing and management responsibilities like communication and staffing. The firm interviewed Meekin and 20 other people considered witnesses. Minnesota IT Services launched the $93 million Minnesota Licensing and Registration System, or MinLARS, in July. The system immediately faced problems, including processing delays for license and title transactions. Several evangelical Christian leaders are planning a sit-down with President Trump in June over allegations that his lawyer paid an adult film star $130,000 for her silence about an alleged affair with Trump. The sources familiar with the negotiations between the top faith leaders and the Trump White House want the president to appear and take questions from supporters at a gathering of faith leaders on June 19th at a hotel in Washington, D.C. Meanwhile, the president said yesterday he did not know about the payment made to Daniels, his first public acknowledgement of the scandal surrounding that alleged sexual affair. Daniels' lawyer, Michael Avenatti, immediately jumped on the president's remarks and said they improve his legal standing. Said our case just got that much better, and we very much look forward to testing the truthfulness of Mr. Trump's lack of knowledge concerning the one hundred thirty thousand dollar payment, as stated on Air Force One. Speaking of uh, airplanes, yes. remember our guy yesterday, Reed, that called in. Yes, I forgot to show this to you before the show. Mm-hmm. He just sent in a couple of photos. Mm-hmm. One is he can't remember if it's the year oh two or oh four, uh, just prior to the flyover for the start of Grandma's Marathon. A giant University of Garage Logic sticker in his canopy. Really? And the other one is a MiG 23 in Balad Air Base in Iraq. Yep. With the GL sticker All they put right. on. I'm, gonna, I'm asking him if I can post these for yeah. other GLers yeah. to enjoy, but I'm going to show these to you during the next yeah. commercial break. Cool. Very cool. Uh, say, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, we talked a little bit yesterday about the curling team throwing out the first pitch. Yeah. Uh, it's now all over the internet. <laughs> If you who get was ch- it? Was it Corzo that said they should have rolled it? Yeah. One, one guy that did. They should, oh, they did? One guy did. Okay. Oh, I watched the re- a replay today while his friends were throwing the ball horribly. Although one threw a strike, the rest were all over the place. Dodging baseballs. One guy rolled it uh, to the, uh, they, to the you, catcher, so. Corzo's right. They all should have done that. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that team that won the gold medal in curling, mm-hmm. are they all Minnesotans? I think everybody but one. Okay. I mean, one radio show in this market had Tyler George on his show before everybody else started to think it was cool. <laughs> Who was that? The beer show. Really? Yes, we had him on because he owns a, his family That's owns right. a liquor store. That's right. And then other stations caught wind of it. And then it they almost had seems on. fitting that a curler should own a liquor store. Well, of course. Best <laughs> Buy is warning that some of its customers' payment information may have been compromised in a data breach. The retailer's latest company, along with Delta Airlines and Sears, to report the cyber attack last fall against a third-party operator of its chat services. Best Buy says a small fraction of its online customer population may have been affected. Uh, the software company 24-7 AI says it discovered and fixed the breach in October. The problem is the attack may have exposed customers' names, addresses, credit card numbers, card security codes, and expiration dates. Was this Facebook, he said? Best Buy. That was a joke. Oh, sorry. 
you think curling will ever get? <laughs> Do you think curling would ever get so popular that it'd be like the the current uh, young guys on the golf tour that all be buff guys and they'll lift weights and no joke. Uh, the the Chaska Curling Club that's just down the street from yeah, me. Yeah, a guy I know that helps run that said they are completely flooded with requests of joining leagues and really yes. Well, it's it helps that that facility is just gorgeous, but. A lot of guys are now showing a lot of interest in joining leagues and whatnot. Huh. So I wonder if that if it will have a ripple effect because it's a neat sport, and uh, you know you can just do it with your buddies. I guess. Yeah. You want it has its. It you want to join my team? It has the image or the stereotype of being the the beer league type thing. Mm-hmm. But obviously, to win a gold medal, you're you not be drinking good. beer. You know what the hell you're doing? Unless you're the husband of the Canadian. <laughs> Remember yeah. him, the then guy that was two fisting at nine a.m. because yeah. he was nervous. He, <laughs> he got was that nervous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've lost one of the great songwriters and producers of the soul music era. Ron Dunbar was seventy-seven years old. Uh, you may not know him by name, but you know a lot of the songs he wrote. He worked with the Motown team of Holland Dozier and Holland for years until they left Motown. They went and formed their own label, Invictus. Uh, over the period of nineteen seventy to seventy-five, Dunbar co-wrote. Among the songs, Band of Gold, everybody knows that, Free yep. of Pain. Give Me Just a Little More Time for the Chairman of the Board. Give me just a little more time. Westbound number 9 for the Flaming Ember. Yep. Uh, Patches, which ultimately hit number 1 for Clarence Carter and won a Grammy Award for Dunbar. I don't Dunbar. recall Patches. Oh, you know Patches. Patches, I'm depending on your son. Oh, yeah. Still yeah. not doing okay. it. Okay, Clarence Carter. Anyway, it was a number 1. Yeah. Okay. Uh, after that... Invictus and Hot Label, they went under in the mid-70s. He went and worked with George Clinton and the Parliament folks and uh, wrote, co-wrote funk hits like Agony of Defeat, Never Buy Texas from a Cowboy for the Brides of Funkenstein. By the 1990s, he became an independent producer again and again worked with the Motown Holland Brothers. I don't think that's... Why are you paying? Did you say number nine? Oh, jeez. Joe immediately put money in. Immediately. I, I, I thought you said... Love. Immediately put money in. Potion number nine. Immediately. I'm getting there. I like this song. That's the theme. <laughs> Westbound number nine. Oh. Westbound number nine. This is a good song, though. <sighs> that is... Uh... Who did that? That's a searcher. That's yep. a searcher. Can we get the weather, please? Okay. <laughs> Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. We're still at 20. We've been stuck there the last couple of hours. Uh, even the sunshine's not helping us out today. Uh, this is a very cold air mass that spread southward across our state. It's going to keep our temps chilly now the next couple of days. 32 for the high. After a low tonight down to 8 above, that's going to miss the record low. Uh, for tonight is six above, and I think we're going to stay just above that. Northwest. Oh, winds, let's get the record. And yeah, <laughs> it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Our northwest winds still staying at around ten to fifteen. Will keep the atmosphere mixed up enough so that we won't uh, get down there. If it had settled down, if the wind had settled down, it probably would have gotten close. Partly cloudy skies, still mild or still cold tomorrow. Thirty-two for the high. Northwest winds will diminish to five to ten, so it's going to feel a little bit nicer tomorrow. Cold tomorrow night, down to 14. Then on Sunday, snow developing uh, right around the lunch hour. So I think the Twins game is in trouble for Sunday afternoon. 32 for the high then. That's when the snow accumulates Sunday afternoon and Sunday night. Early Monday, it continues to snow, but that tapers off. 36 for the high then. Partly cloudy and warmer on Tuesday, up to 38. 
Wednesday up to 50 with showers and warmer. And uh, those showers may be mixed with a thunder shower or two. Partly cloudy on Thursday and 47. And then showers and a few thunder showers on Friday. Friday's high up to 48 degrees. So it does warm up by the end of next week. But uh, the average high right now is 53. So we're not even to that point. Currently, Joe, we're at 20. And I have the records for the day. April 6. 86. 86. In 1991. In 1991. You remember what happened the fall. So we had an early summer that year, but we also had an early winter. Well, we had that Halloween snowstorm. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So everything was shifted a little bit. Uh, Ten above. Ten above. And that was in 1979. 1979. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. We got a Spanish guy named Marco Rodriguez Pantoya. Can you hold, please? You hold, please. He's 72. He was raised by wolves in a cave for 12 years. And he wishes he could return to the wolves because he thinks his life with humans has been disappointing. Uh, A man raised by wolves for 12 years says his life in human society was a failure. And he wishes he could go live among the animals again. Well, why don't you? Marco Rodriguez Pantoya was adopted by a pack of wolves when he was stranded in Spain's Sierra Morena mountain range when he was seven years old. He was found as a 19-year-old running around half-naked and barefoot, only able to communicate by grunting, and then he was brought back to civilization. Are you buying this? I only wrapped my feet up when they hurt because of the snow. I had such big calluses on my feet from kicking a rock that was like kicking a ball. But now the 72-year-old lives in a small, cold house uh, in Ronte, Galicia, with only a meager pension after a tough life among humans. Well, join the club, fella. He said ever since he was ripped from the cave he called home, his life went downhill. He claims to have been cheated and abused, exploited by bosses in the hospitality and construction industries, and left with nothing. Known as the Mowgli of Spain, Mowgli, he said his happiest days were living in a cave with bats, snakes, and deer. Okay. Mr. Pantoya was sent there as a goat herd. This is the Daily Mail, which can't even correct their typos. I would imagine they means goat herder after his mother died in childbirth when he was three and his abusive father ran off. Uh, the old man he was training to replace taught him how to use fire and make utensils, but either died or suddenly left, leaving the boy alone. He said a wolf adopted him. Okay. She fed her cubs meat, which he tried to steal from one of the cubs, but the mother pawed at him and growled until he backed off. After feeding her pup, she threw me a piece of meat. Wait. <laughs> what? I'm going to watch the Masters. <laughs> okay, he's eight. He's the, the wolf, he's hung. He's full. Well, Here's some meat. You know, this is... <laughs> I took the meat. Yeah. And I thought she was going to bite me, but she put her tongue out and started to lick me. <laughs> well, what the hell? Okay. I'd stay in the cave, too. 250. Uh-huh. After that, I... <laughs> After that, he said, I was one of the family. I ain't leaving that cave either. Hey, watch you move on in. He had a snake for a friend. Okay. (laughs) Returning to civilization was the 
scariest experience of his life, first to an orphanage where the nuns taught him to walk upright and eat at a table. Why does it always have to be the nuns? Right. What'd they do? Come on, wolf boy. Hey, you got to stand up here. Wolf boy. We got to get you to stand up. Use the fork and spoon and the whole deal. Get your face out of the potatoes. He was confined to a wheelchair for a time after the thick calluses were cut off his feet. And he really freaked out when he went to the barber the first time. He thought the barber was going to kill him with the razor. Uh, He couldn't stand the noise. Uh, He fought the nuns because they didn't want him to sleep on the floor. He, He liked to sleep on the floor. He went back to the mountains, but the wolves didn't accept him because he was away for too long. Well, if he's 72, he'd have to find some, you know, 65-year-old wolves, which is unlikely that they'd... uh, What what have you been doing? Tell us what you're posting. Hello? Um, First of all, I need need your expertise here. If if I'm saying... I'm posting the the two photos I showed you from Reed. Yeah. If I say, loyal Jailer Reed flying... An F-16 or a F-16? It's an, correct? Well, I always go by what sounds best. Flying, flying an F-16. But A would be correct. Flying, flying A F-16? That would be the correct. I hey, it's it scramble. we got to do a scramble. Oh, my God, it is scramble uh, Friday. Just a what are we doing here? This is what uh, happens. I can't. Hello? Hello? That's that bad. How can you tell who, who was the one who missed one? Because I could tell when mine was, I was, I was late. Hey, by the way, let's mention these photos that Reed sent us mm-hmm. on the GL page now. Reed is a uh, a fellow who uh, did led the initial flyover uh, at Target Field on opening day in 2010. Mm-hmm. So he called us, then he called back off the air, and I said, yeah, send us, if you've got some photos, that'd be great. And they're now available on the GL page. One of them, he's flying over Grandma's Marathon. I think he said 02 or 04 mm-hmm. with the University of Garage Logic sticker on the side. Mm-hmm. That's neat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the old uh, school symbol has been all the way to Iraq. Man. How about the fact that, what did he say on this one and the one on Iraq? You know how they found that thing? Hmm. Uh, they tried, bear, the Iraqis had tried to hide it in sand, that giant plane that you saw. Really? <laughs> yeah. I will just stick it in the sand That's over not here. It's work a lot of times. <laughs> Is Patrick in the house? Yes, sir. And uh, he was, is. Uh, was he wondering where Rook is? He is ready. Was he? Is he? He's ready. Is he on a rampage? Well, he had the day off yesterday. I'm sure he has comments on the eagle that landed on the pitcher. Mm-hmm. The eagle uh, landed on Paxton. I'm trying to remember the. Was it? Is it that the, Paxton's the name of the pitcher, but the the name of the bird? Pat Pat tweeted it out, and I can't remember the name of the bird. Fifteen hundred. Yes, sir. ESPN is KSTP St. Paul Minneapolis it's uh time for Patrick to get in here <laughs>